Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hirshhorn. I am so thrilled to be bringing this special guest to you today. Her name is Johanna Walker, and she is the fear-blasting storytelling maven for coaches, consultants, leaders, and changemakers. As a keynote speaker and workshop facilitator, she's presented for corporations, nonprofits, startups, and community organizations, helping audiences develop authentic presence as speakers, find the ideas they want to be known for, and craft those ideas into compelling presentations. So basically, you need to know her. Hi, Johanna. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Melanie. Thanks so much for the invite. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so we met through this amazing networking group that we are both in. I just instantly knew that I wanted to know you because you really speak about storytelling as such an important Thing. And I wholeheartedly believe that. If you can tell me a bit about what storytelling means to you and why it is important for business owners to sort of get a handle on. Mm, yeah. I love talking about storytelling. You know, there's the story, everybody's out there saying, tell more stories, tell more stories. And I think a lot of people don't actually know what's, what that means, what a story is. And so there are a lot of different ways to, to look at it. One is, a story, I like to say a story is the shortest distance between two people. A story is where we connect in our humanity. There's no guidebook. And the stories we tell serve as a guidebook. When I tell a story, I'm saying, this is what I've figured out about being human. What have you figured out about being human? And then we get to make a connection. And anytime we speak, certainly on stage, but also in any of our communication, our goal is to connect, right? We have to make a connection in order to get our ideas across and to move any project forward or any idea forward that's how we do it, by making connections with other people. And when we tell stories, it cuts through so much to just tell a story about, here's what I've figured out. Here's why I do what I do. Here are some of the challenges I've been through. Here's some of the discoveries I've made. So on that level, that's a really important way to approach stories, is, is a shortcut to a connection. And then I think the other important thing, and this is what so many people, especially as speakers, kind of forget about, is a story is a journey. A story is a journey from A to B. Here's where I was at the beginning. Here's where I am now at the end. Or, you know, it's not always the end at the end of the story. But when you're a speaker, and that's what I do, I help people get on stage and speak. So when you're a speaker, you're taking your audience on a journey. Absolutely. And they need to be invested in that journey with you. 
Yeah. So it's thinking about where are they when they come into the room? Where do you want them to be when they go out of the room? And what's the journey you're going to take them on? So it's thinking about that whole, your whole talk as a story, as a journey. How do you be very intentional and strategic about that journey you're taking your audience on? Okay. So, and I'm thinking, you know, for people who've written a book, it's the same kind of thing. Cause if you write a how to book, you know, how to do marketing, for example, if you don't inject story in there, that's going to be so dry and boring. And story is how people remember. It's how they remember. And it's also how they, like your story helps me connect to my story. And when I'm connected to my story, then it's like, oh, how is this person going to play a part in my story? I'm on a journey I'm with a particular goal. And when I listen to you speak, I'm thinking, how is this person going to serve my story? With my clients always who are speaking, I always say, it's not really about you. Like you're telling your story, but it's not really about you. It's about how your story wakes up the story in your audience that they're telling. I love that because that's so true for all marketing, right? It's not about you. It's yeah. about the person who you want to work with, who you plan to serve. It's potentially about your bigger mission for your brand and your business and your book as a whole. I love that you're really hitting the nail on the head there. <laughs> now, what would you say to somebody who says, well, I don't have any stories. I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I would say, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're human you have a story. We're living stories every day. If you get up and get out of bed in the morning, you have a story. I have a niece and nephew. They're 16. In fact, their birthday is tomorrow. They're turning 16 tomorrow. They're twins. But when they were four, I was in the car with them and they said, Jojo, tell us a story about our mom when she was little. And so I did. And then they said, tell us another one. Tell us a story about when you, when you were little, tell us a story about a time you got in trouble or a time you were sick, a time you had a fight with a friend. First of all, they really wanted to hear the hard stuff. They wanted to hear like the juicy nuggets. And I, that night I sat for three hours and told them stories. And then every time I would come to the house, they would say, Jojo, tell us a story. Oh, you've told that one before. Tell us another one. And I, so I had to constantly come up with more stories. And what I learned was I could make a story out of anything. Oh. A story is a change. Something changes. Something changes. Something is different at the end than it was at the beginning. Once you start to understand the framework of a story and how to craft a story, how to build a story, then you can make a story out of anything. Like a story is a person, a, a hero with a goal, a hero who wants something. And the story is what's in the way of them getting it? And are they going to get it? Or are they not going to get it? And that's it. It's like, you know, if you look at any movie or novel, like the story is what's the goal and what's in the way of them achieving the goal. So if you're a human being who's ever wanted something, you've got a story. If you're a human who's ever wanted something that you, that you might not get, you've got a story. Or if you've had something that you're at risk of losing, you've got a story. So it's really looking at those places where, yeah, there's a conflict. There's a, there's a little rub. There's something, there are stakes. Your story is right there. This is eye-opening because, I mean, I was just thinking of what happened this morning, which technically is a story. I needed to send an email. My son is home from school today and he was following me around and he wouldn't leave me alone. Uh So I sat on the toilet with my computer and then he looked at me and he goes, are you going to the bathroom? I said, no, I'm just trying to get my email done. 
And he said, oh, okay. And he walked away and I was able to get my email sent. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous, but it's a small story. And it kind of, it illustrates life at home with children while trying to be a working mom. Right. And telling that story, there's somebody who can relate to it. Somebody who can relate to it, who needs, he was like, oh my God, that's what she figured out. And it's a relief to hear a story of just sometimes a benign challenge that you have, a benign struggle. Because then that's how it's like, oh, she's human too. Oh my God, I can relax because there's somebody else who has a similar struggle. Yeah. And I feel like when you are more vulnerable and you tell your story, then you're really building authority because, I mean, you're building authority by talking about all the great things that you know, but also you're showing that you're a real person and that you're you're reachable. You're not on a pedestal. And why would I want to be part of your community if I can never touch you? Yeah. You know, we just talked about like the benign, the daily things we come up against. Computer on the toilet stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And then certainly there are bigger stories that are more vulnerable and, you know, touch your humanity at at a much deeper level. And those are really important stories to tell too and can be very vulnerable. And I think sometimes the stories that feel most precious and most vulnerable and stories we kind of think like, ooh, I don't want to tell that story on stage, that that often those are the ones that really open us up to our own humanity and to the places where we make meaningful connections with other people and where other people want to want to follow us and and want to connect with us and want to hire us and all those pieces because they see your your humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the most difficult skills, which I'm sure you teach your clients about, is how to take that story and weave it back to buy my book <laughs> or hire me. <laughs> yeah. If the story is about your sister doing silly things when she was young, how do you then translate that into, oh, well, I'm an expert at speaking. And so you should buy my book on speaking. How do you help people with that connection? The story wants to show vulnerability and authority. Like Vulnerability is key, but it doesn't mean you talk about your childhood trauma until the cows come home. Right? Yeah. It's finding the the sweet spot of, yeah, here's my, I'm human and here's my authority. And so it's knowing exactly where your audience is. What's their challenge? What are they up against? How can you relate to that thing that they want? What's their goal? Where are they on their journey? And then finding the parallel to, from your story to their story. It sounds simple, but yeah. it's very complicated, isn't it? I think just finding that, you know, it's getting to know your audience because again, it's not about you, right? You got to know who you're speaking to. So it's getting to know your audience and trying stuff. I think one of the things that's awesome about speaking is it's a living, breathing thing. And you're on stage in the moment, whether it's a virtual stage or an in-person stage, you know, you're connecting with your people and you're finding out, you're learning more about them. It's a conversation. Even if you're the only one talking, it's still a conversation. You're finding out what lands, what resonates, where do I really feel my audience lean in? You get to try stuff and tweak your story every time you're speaking, you get to fine tune it for this particular audience. Tell this part of the story instead of that part of the story because of the audience you're speaking to. You know, so you're constantly getting to massage and and shape it so that it lands, so that it connects. It sounds scary a little bit. Mm. 
especially, you know, if you are so used to having cue cards, what do you mean? I have to change it in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, one, I mean, we could, I could talk about fear all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about it uh, for at least for a little bit. (laughs) I mean, I was terrified and I still am. I was a really shy kid, really quiet kid. I would sometimes go for days without speaking. And originally it was through through poetry and theater that I found my voice through creative projects that I found my voice and was able to tell my story in a theatrical setting. But then when I got on, when I started identifying as a speaker, that was terrifying to get on stage and claim my authority and my expertise and that I had ideas to share that were worthy of sharing. And so I keep coming up against my stuff, my negative self-talk, my stories, the stories I tell myself about who I am and who I get to be, my fear. And each time that fear and do it anyway, I get connected to more of my power. So I think part of the fear thing is, is going right towards it, going right towards it, feeling the sensation, doing the thing anyway, giving the talk with all that sensation alive in your body. That's how it transforms. That's how we grow. That's how we connect to more of our power. So fear is, it's a doorway. I think when we can tell a different story about the fear, often the fear comes and like, oh my God, I'm scared. Oh, my heart's beating. I'm nauseous. I want to throw up. I'm not going to do this again. I'm out of here. For me, it's like, I'm sweating a lot, (laughs) a lot of sweat. (laughs) We want to run away from that uncomfortable feeling. But when we go right towards that uncomfortable feeling and get curious about it, and be like, oh, my body, what's happening here? Oh, I'm curious because I'm, I'm about to say something that, that is valuable to me and that is a risk. And so my body is preparing for something meaningful and significant. When we get curious about all that shows up, that's when it transforms. That's when it becomes your battery pack, becomes your source of power. Rather than the thing that's disconnecting you from your power, it becomes the doorway to your power. So that's one of the things about fear. And I think in terms of, you know, when I talk about shifting and changing and massaging, it's not about winging it in the moment. Like I highly, I take people into deep work around crafting your talk and really thinking strategically and engineering and knowing your talk in your bones, but you're knowing it, you know it so well that you can pivot in the moment. Mm then you can find your way right back because it's in your bones. It's not about memorizing your talk. Right. It's not about reading it word for word off the roof of your brain. It's about really getting it in your bones and your body. So you own it. Wow. That's where I like to take people. Yeah. Because that makes so much sense because it is your story. You lived it. So it's your story to tell however you see fit based on your audience in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so impactful. I love that. You have some really cool things that you do in Boulder, and I would love to touch on those. So can you tell us a bit about those, please? I have done for about the last eight, maybe it's nine years now. I lose track a little bit, but it's a story slam that I produce in Boulder that has been an in-person event for the first, you know, up until COVID. It was a regular every other month event where we have a theme for the night. People from the audience come and put their name in the hat if they have a true story related to the theme. There's a five-minute time limit. They know the theme ahead of time so they can prepare the story. They don't know if they're going to get picked from the hat. 
So when their name gets picked, they come to the stage, tell the story. At the end of the night, the audience votes on the best story. So it's competitive storytelling. That's really fun. It's been just a great, it's been a great way to, just a great platform for people to connect with stories. Often when I'm helping people, for instance, with a TEDx talk or a keynote, they're telling stories to deliver a message. So the message, the big idea is the, the organizing principle, and then the story supports that big idea. So that's a little bit different angle on storytelling for the, the talks that I help people write. For the story slam, it's just a story for, for story's sake, and, and it's entertainment. And the, the theme of the night is the organizing principle. So it's seeing how does this story relate to the theme? And it's fun to see we have, you know, like the last one we just did, the theme was land. So people can relate to that word in any way. It's like you land an ending, you land a job, or you had a dispute over some land with your neighbor. You land a plane. (laughs) Exactly. So a lot of different ways to relate to the theme. And it's fun to see how people relate to the theme. But the story, there's not like a message or a takeaway or a, you know, a big idea. It's just the story. It's just, here's what happened. We're still building stakes and like, what's at risk? Is he going to get the, is she going to get the guy? Is he going to make it to the top of the mountain? Is he going to, you know, is the plane going to land safely? So those are the stakes. I love it. I love it. So I've just been swimming in stories for years. And then last year over, over the last year, we did six virtual slams and, you know, we're able to reach a much wider audience. And that was really fun too. We've been doing them again in person the last couple of months. That's wonderful. And I know you also have another program that you're working on to bring diverse voices to the mic. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Well, that was last summer after George Floyd was murdered. I had a slam coming up and I was like, how, how do I use this platform to be part of this conversation on race and racism? And because of the power of storytelling to connect, I really wanted to use the platform to you know, bring stories to the table. And I thought, oh, I don't want to just hand the mic to a bunch of people and say, tell a story about race. I really wanted to do it in a much more mindful, intentional way. So I gathered a group, a mixed race group of people together to, we did a workshop. I co-led it with a black friend of mine and we led a workshop to, to look at stories around race and identity and how race has played a part in our lives. And it was just such a powerful container for building relationships. I had imagined that we would do work a lot in affinity groups. As white people, a lot of the stories we need to tell, a lot of the work we need to do is we need to do with other white people so we can make mistakes and be ignorant and say stupid things, you know, and kind of clean up our mess that we've made as white people. And what I found was like people really wanted to be in the room together, listening to stories from people who are like them and people who are different. And it was so valuable for everybody. I just loved it. We and, and I did it all for myself. I did it all volunteer people. I invited people to donate. Instead of paying for the workshop, they donated to an organization doing anti-racism work. When we did the final event, each person told a story and the audience donated. The first time we donated to Equal Justice Initiative, we did it again. We donated to the Chinook Fund, which is a local Colorado organization doing a lot of work around anti-racism. We're just about to launch it again. And it's just been such a rich program for all everybody, me and my co-leader for the people who participate and then for the audience. Storytelling for good. Yeah. And for transformation, you know, I think for each of us to look at our own stories in a deep 
kind of looking at stories that aren't comfortable and stories we might not really want to tell. To tell them to ourselves, to be in the one-on-one relationships with other people in the group, and then to tell them publicly has been huge transformation. Well, Johanna, thank you so much for joining today. This has been amazing. If people are ready to tell their stories, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to learn more about you? Well, I'm active on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can find me, Johanna Walker Speaking on Instagram and Get Real Public Speaking on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I have a download, johannawalker.com forward slash better stories. If you want some tips for great storytelling, you can definitely find, find that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today. And I look forward to telling more stories in a much more enlightened way. (laughs) Thanks to your wonderful advice. (laughs) It's been great talking with you. You've written a book. Now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, Schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.